Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Hey, uh, welcome. Welcome to the Hustle Back Forum. Hey, we're about, a, we're about an hour late there this evening. We normally come out here uh, from 7 to 9 on every Saturday on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, tonight, uh, we're running a little late today. and uh, Somehow, our, uh, our scheduled 7 to 9 program got bumped. And we had to go back and uh, really re uh, reschedule it uh, for eight. We'll be up from eight to ten tonight, y'all. We uh, apologize for all my list faithful listeners. How y'all doing out there in cyberspace? My Facebook friends. Hey, you got me the hospital driving this train this evening. You know, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Yeah. We uh, are just so happy to be with you uh, this evening. Uh, guys, so much uh, is going on in the world. We <laughs> don't even know where to start it. Yeah. But but no doubt, um, this Ebola thing has taken over uh, the the news. This Ebola uh, outbreak, or whatever you call it, I uh, no doubt it's a serious uh, matter. Uh, but then we we have to keep this thing in perspective, y'all. There, there's all kind of politics that crept into it already, and I think it's a lot of fear mongering going on right now about uh, this disease. Uh, second dose uh, came down with it, though. So it's so serious. I mean, uh, just so happened this the second nurse, Amber Vincent, uh, I believe he's from Akron, Ohio. And uh, as a matter of fact, I know some Vincents up around that way. Uh, our prayers go out to her uh, and her family and all those uh, um, connected to her and uh, wish her a speedy recovery. She's here in Embry. Here at ATL, at every uh, hospital, uh, who uh, treated the first two uh, cases of Ebola that uh, uh, here in here in, here in uh, the United States, uh, the two doctors that uh, contacted the, the disease while uh, working in uh, West Africa, we we uh, certainly do. Uh, Hold her in our prayers and wish her a speedy recovery. Both of the nursery, nurses, the other one, uh, Nina, Nina Fong, they moved from uh, the Dallas Hospital, moved her up to uh, NIH, National Institute of Health, um, uh, outside of D.C. Uh, so there's no more... Uh, Ebola patients work, uh, being treated out there in uh, the Dallas Hospital. 
I, you know, I don't know. I'll give that hospital some slack, even though um, there were some mistakes made out there. But I understand, and, and I think all of us have to understand that uh, this is the first time that uh, anyone, uh, hospital, uh, staff, and all that stuff, was caught up in uh, dealing with an Ebola uh, a patient like uh, uh, Mr. Eric uh, Duncan. Uh, so uh, we, we're going to give them a, a, some slack, including the CDC, and everybody made mistakes here, it looks like. But uh, nevertheless, um, I want to uh, give them the benefit of the doubt on this first uh uh, incident in the country looked like uh, since the mistakes were made, uh, there have been there have been a ramped up effort to uh, correct other mistakes, and I I feel confident that uh, this country will uh, contain uh, this deadly virus. I, I'm not at all. Uh, uh, Frightened by uh, the possibility of this thing getting out of control, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that. Like I said, politics has crept into the thing, and I think there's a lot of fear mongering going on now. Uh, I I don't think uh, the lady that flew on the plane, uh, Miss Vincent, flew to Cleveland and back uh, to Dallas on a plane. I don't think uh, uh, the people that she came in contact with. Uh, have a chance of getting it. That's just me personally. Now I could be wrong. I'm, you know who who am I <laughs> uh, to say for sure? But I feel you know I don't feel alarmed uh, that uh, at this moment I don't. Now if by chance someone that either a Miss Nita Farm or Miss Amber Vincent uh, came in contact with outside of that hospital uh, come down with Ebola, then we might have a different uh, a different take on this thing. Yeah, if someone that Miss Amber Vincent or Nina Fong outside of the hospital came in contact with contract this Ebola, then I'll start. Uh, I've uh, been a little more concerned about it, but right now, well, I am concerned about it. Uh, make no mistake, it's a deadly, vicious uh, uh, a virus. That, uh, you can look at uh, uh, the three countries affected in West Africa and see that uh, this thing is nothing to play with. Uh, this thing has killed some almost 5,000 people already. So we you know, got to be alarmed, got to do everything we can to stop this thing at its source there in uh, West Africa. We've got to, the world has got to do everything they can to uh, stop that thing at its source. And I think that would be the most effective way to uh, prevent this, uh, uh, some kind of pandemic uh, worldwide. Uh, uh but this, of course, the Republicans has uh, seized the moment three weeks before the election, uh, blaming who else uh, is all the president's fault. 
It's all the president's fault, y'all. <laughs> Don't you know? Uh, they want everything from a drug czar to a uh, a, ban, a flight ban to uh, this and that. And what about a Surgeon General that the Republicans has been stalling for almost a year? We don't have a Surgeon General who would normally be the point person on uh, emergencies uh, such as this. But because the National Rifle Association uh, had an objection to the nominee that the president put up because he uh, considers gun violence a health issue. Uh, And he's absolutely right. When you got uh, some 10 million guns in the streets of this country, he is a health health, uh, uh, problem. Uh, hundreds of uh, kids killed a week uh, here in this country through gun violence, uh, mass murder, uh, murders uh, from Columbine to the kids in Connecticut, uh, the theater shootings, to you name it. Uh, yeah, so guns are a health issue. The next Surgeon General should be concerned, but yeah. The politics, uh, uh, if anybody thinks that somehow the Republicans is going to come in here and take over the Senate and uh, do uh, 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 in advance uh, the health or the well-being of this country is absolutely crazy. Uh, If they believe that the Republicans who have chose to turn this into a political football three weeks before the elections uh, is going to somehow protect us uh, when they won't even approve a surgeon general when half the Republican, 90% of the Republican governors who run states will not expand Medicaid to, uh, to expand uh, affordable health care to over 10 million Americans. If citizens believe those Republicans have your best interest at heart, uh, something is sorely, uh, something is sorely wrong here, y'all. Something is sorely wrong with our, uh, our thought processes. Uh, I think the Republicans are going to be sorely disappointed come November 4th if they thinking they're uh, going to take over that Senate. Oh, it's going to be a tight uh, call, but I got a feeling that uh, Democrats going to shock those folks. The Democrats going to get out of the vote, you know. I just got a feeling the Democrats going to get out of the vote in this election. It's too critical. I urge everybody within the sound of my voice, get out and vote November 4th. Don't dare don't dare uh, set this one out. Don't dare set this election out, y'all. It's critical that uh, <clears throat> the Democrats maintain control of that Senate and, if all possible, pick up as many seats in the House as they possibly can. The Republicans don't have uh, America's interests at heart, y'all. They just don't. They don't have it. I, I did attend 
I attended a uh, rally for the Democratic uh, Senate nominee here in Georgia, Michelle Nunn, this past week. Uh, had a nice crowd, and I sensed that uh, the enthusiasm in that crowd was hyped. And I think, <laughs> I think the Democrats here in Georgia are going to get out and vote, y'all. They're going to get out and vote and shock some people. We might have a serious, uh, I believe this state's going to have a serious uh, 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 turnout, yeah, favoring the Democrats, y'all. I felt all kind of uh, energy in that crowd uh, this week. Uh, I rallied for Michelle Nunn, Democratic candidate for Congress. We, we desperately need a Democrat in the Senate from Georgia. We cannot afford to have uh, two uh, Republican senators and a Republican governor in the state no longer. We can no longer afford that. Georgia right today have the highest uh, unemployment of any state uh, in the nation, y'all. Did y'all hear me? Georgia has the highest unemployment rate, some 8.5%. Uh, Unemployment, the highest of all of the 50 states. Can you believe that? And this guy is running around talking crazy about not expanding Medicaid. Some 600,000 Georgians are without affordable health care because the governor refused to expand Medicaid at no cost to the state of Georgia, leaving some 600,000 Georgians without access to affordable health care, y'all. It's crazy. And in this time of, of uh, and with the spread of the intravirus uh, uh, virus and the potential spread of this deadly uh, Ebola virus, uh, it's critical that all Georgians have access to health care, y'all. It's critical. It's critical, y'all. One of the things that does the Affordable Health Care Act provide early detection, early preventative care on a whole host of uh, potential uh, 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 illnesses or uh, calamities that might crop up. Uh, The more people are covered uh, uh, with uh, health insurance, the better off uh, the rest of the population in the state's going to be. That's just common sense. It don't take a genius to uh, figure that out. Doesn't take a genius to figure that thing out, y'all. The more people that have adequate health care coverage, the better the rest of uh, the citizenry is. And that's just a fact. That's just a fact, y'all. And for the Republicans to deny their own citizens access to uh, their own uh, federal dollars that they've contributed into Medicare. By expanding Medicaid, y'all, uh, just is almost, uh, almost uh, criminal. It's almost criminal that a Republican governor would deny uh, access to over 600,000 of its citizens access to health care. And that's crazy, y'all. Uh, Texas Republican Governor Rick Perry over a million and a half Texans uh, could get affordable health care if uh, Rick Perry uh, and the Republicans out there 
expanded Medicaid. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It don't make it's almost inhumane in Texas with the bungling of uh, uh, that uh, patient, uh, Eric Duncans, who went out there to the hospital in Dallas, was turned away, sent home for three days. Uh, there of all people that uh, of all states, uh, that governor out there. Uh, it's all, it almost amounts to genocide. Yeah, the refusal of any Republican governor, any governor period, to expand Medicaid under the Affordable Health Care, uh, so that its citizens in that state could uh, access health care, uh, is tantamount, in my opinion, uh, to genocide. That's, in my opinion, a lot of folks gonna die. Long as folks gonna die, yeah. because they do not have uh, quality health care, and that's just a fact. I urged, uh, I posted, I posted uh, on my web page uh, a suggestion to uh, Michelle Nunn and Jason Carter. To, Jason Carter's running for uh, governor on the Democratic ticket here in Georgia to push that uh, to uh, uh, pound in uh, that message uh, over the next few weeks uh, that uh, the expansion of Medicaid is not only the right thing to do, uh, it is uh, a critical, a more, it's the moral thing uh, to do, uh, yeah. And uh, in terms of public health, it's critical <laughs> that this state get as many people covered under health care or health and uh, uh, affordable health care as possible. It's critical. We got all kind of deadly stuff. Uh, <laughs> It don't take no genius to figure out that uh, 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 the government should be trying to get all of its citizens health care. Health care, y'all. This is critical. This is crazy. It is it is lunacy at its uh, uh, at its very very best, uh, y'all. And these Republicans are running around and trying to blame uh, the president. <laughs> if you can believe that, and they have sat around and denied uh, the country a surgeon general because the nominee suggests that uh, with 10 million guns in the street, that guns uh, may be hazardous to the citizens' health. They are blocking the nomination of the country's Surgeon General, y'all. We need to be jumping up and down. Y'all write, email uh, your uh, uh, senators, uh, representatives, uh, and tell them we need to get the Surgeon General in place. Congress needs to stop playing politics with the health of the citizens of this country, y'all. It's crazy. It is crazy what those folks are doing, y'all. Hey, racism got something to do with this thing, y'all. 
Hey, check my new book out, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Uh, go to my website, hushmoblack.com. You can find it there. Uh, it's critical that we uh, put a stop to the shenanigans that's going on here with this uh, with this president. Uh, hey, I heard, I was listening to Bill O'Reilly uh, come on talking to some Talking crazy stuff, you know how uh, how insane this thing is, y'all. He was uh, amazed that eighty-one percent of blacks still support the president. He thought that was unbelievable that eighty-one percent of blacks could still support this uh, president. And asked one of his uh, guests that, uh, do he think uh, race had anything to do with it? <laughs> Yes, uh, 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 he failed to ask that question of whether race had anything to do with the fact that some 71% of whites uh, disapprove of uh, this president. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, this is crazy. I mean, it's about 30% of uh, people that are racist. That's some 70 or 80 million people don't like the president because he's black. Now, yeah, hey, so, uh, if 81% of the uh, blacks uh, like the president, yeah, say 30% of them like him just because he's black. Oh, I like him just because, hey, that's 4 million people. <laughs> that's 4 million people as opposed to 70 million uh, uh, white people who don't like him just because of his race, y'all. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a numbers game, y'all. And a 13% minority uh, uh, can't uh, can't affect uh, the politics like 30% of uh, the minority. It's crazy. Uh, that ain't, that's not even an argument. That's not even an argument, man. We got to stand up. That's Americans of Africans that you got to stand up, yeah. Hey, we advocate out here for social justice on behalf of American Africans, and not because, and I like to get this in, not because uh, we don't love everybody. We love everybody. But by extension, uh, we find ourselves advocating for American Africans, and Lord knows we need all the advocacy we can get, y'all. Right now, especially, we need all the advocacy we can get. We uh, not only need all the advocacy, we need uh, to stand up ourselves to. to uh, make our voices heard and demand uh, justice uh, in this country, yeah. Because right now, uh, I'm afraid that uh, <clears throat> we're not uh, receiving our due uh, do justice here. I'm afraid we're just not. Every reference says it's taking a beating here, yeah. Everything from unemployment to low wage to discrimination to plain old uh, genocide. It's still going on here in the country. I, I celebrated a birthday with one of my friends the other night. Said I'm gonna turn 88 years old, y'all. Born in 1926. Can you imagine that? Here's a guy born uh, under uh, in 1926 under. Uh, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, uh, Right at the end of uh, one of the most trying times in the country's uh, history, yeah. 
one of the most trying times in the country history. In 1926, uh, 1926, uh, Calvin Coolidge, Calvin Coolidge was president then. Uh, I don't know exactly what the R's are. This guy's from Georgia, somewhere in South Georgia. In 1926, when that guy came in the world, his chance of living to 2014 was like one in a billion. <laughs> his chance of living to this day was almost one in one billion, y'all. Can you imagine that? A black born in 1926 living till he's 88 years old? It would have been unheard of. People would have laughed you out of there if you have told them that this guy coming into this world, uh, facing the oncoming depression, facing the oncoming world war, uh, would live till he's 88 years old? Come on. This guy be some horrendous odds to make it to the day. Live through a Great Depression, lived through a World War, lived through the Korean War, lived through Jim Crow, lived through uh, the separate equal, lived to see a black president. In 1926, if you had a told, if you had a <laughs> told that guy, that a guy's parents that their child would live to see a black president and what would be the odds of him living to see a black president, they uh, uh, didn't even have a formula. They You, you couldn't even, <laughs> could even have a formula to figure out what the odds would be of him living to see a black president, y'all. Not in 1926. They didn't even have a mathematical formula to figure it out. <laughs> That's how... <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm just saying. This is crazy, y'all. Uh, this whole thing is crazy now. Uh, the president appointed this Ebola czar. The Republicans jumped up and down and tap danced on top of the table. And the president appointed a, a, a czar, a, a whatever that is, uh, to uh, coordinate the efforts of uh, CDC, the World Health Organization, the uh, uh, 5,000 hospitals, the uh, uh, training of uh, the staff to getting out information uh, timely to uh, coordinate all this crazy stuff. And sure enough, the Republicans right back on top of that table, jumping up and down, screaming about the person that the president appointed was not to their liking. <laughs> now, they jumped up and down the table, has not uh, 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 approved uh, uh, Surgeon General, who's been laying in limbo for almost a year, waiting on Congress to do nothing, Congress to act, and yet they jumping up and down about uh, uh, the uh Ebola czar that they demanded the president appoint 
is not to their liking. They want their they want him to appoint one that they like. <laughs> hey, uh, you think that driving while black is tough? You try uh, being uh, black and president. Uh, you try being black and president, yeah. <laughs> uh, in these trying times, yeah. We still got the ISIS thing. We ISIS done fell off the table, y'all. That that thing about ISIS done uh, uh, went to the backside because they think they can get more more uh, uh, leeway out of this Ebola scare. Uh, but I think that thing's going to backfire on them, y'all. Because they make us ain't no food. We could see that uh, first of all, the Republicans are blocking. Uh, the point, man, that they demanded the president point in an uh, uh, surgeon general, uh, they are blocking that stuff in Congress. The Republicans are blocking the seating of uh, a surgeon general because the NRA uh, don't like this guy because he somehow uh, had the audacity to suggest that with millions and millions of guns in the citizens' hands, uh, uh, that that is somehow uh, hazardous to the public's health. And people are in 40 kids to dying uh, uh, a week in Chicago. Hey, uh, come on. Come on, y'all. It's about... Uh, Wow, it's about eight thirty here, y'all. That's was ratting on here, y'all. I done got start. Don't get me started out here. I tell everything I know, y'all. As the old says goes, don't start me to talking. I'm gonna tell it all, <laughs> and that's where I am. Uh, that's where I'm at tonight, y'all. This is crazy. What's going on here is crazy. This is this Ebola thing. Wow, a serious uh, 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 problem. Uh, the Republicans has turned it into a political scare uh, uh, tactic to uh, try to uh, get elected, uh, take over the Senate. Yeah. They're turning this crisis into a political scare tactic to uh, get uh, some votes. I don't think they're going to get any votes on that, y'all. Anybody with any common sense looking at the politics of this thing realize that not only are they uh, standing in the way of, of the nation having a surgeon general who would be uh, instrumental in uh, uh, coordinating the efforts of this uh, uh, fight we have uh, with the, the Ebola outbreak. Uh, they are refusing to expand uh, the affordable health care under Medicaid so that mil- tens of millions of our citizens would be better protected. Uh, yeah. Ten million plus of our American citizens cannot access cannot access affordable health care through the Medicaid expansion because the Republicans are playing politics with the health uh, of this country, and it's scary in this time. It's trying to answer you. That is scary. Yeah. It is just plain scary. Uh, and I think the citizens are going to wake up and see right through that thing. Yeah. I think the American people are going to wake up and see right through that thing. 
I urge everybody, pass it on, drag your neighbor out to vote, y'all. Early vote, if you can early vote, go vote on Monday. If you can vote on Sunday, go vote tomorrow. It's tantamount that everybody get out and vote, y'all. Don't nobody stay home. Everybody, don't dare set this election out, y'all. This thing is too critical. It is too critical. Hey, y'all, you got me to hush, bro. Uh, kind of rambling on there, y'all. We left uh, last week off. We left. We were playing a, wasn't really a sermon, but it was a, wasn't a sermon, but it was a heck of a rendition of a sermon talking about justice by the Reverend Freddie Haynes at the National Action Network. Uh, that's the Reverend Al Sharpton's uh, group uh, that uh, he heads up. I was at a meeting with that group in Atlanta here, uh, 2007, I think it was. Uh, it had to be 2007. Uh, at the onset of uh, Barack Obama getting into the Democratic uh, presidential race, uh, the Gina Seven uh, people down in uh, I think it's Louisiana, Gina Seven Six, uh, they had locked up six black boys for beating up a white guy and a, a white boy in a school, and uh, they was ready to hang there. Black Keys and uh, Al Sharpton and the National Action Network went down there in Mars. And uh, well, he brought that story here to Atlanta. Uh, was on the way to uh, on the way to D.C. to uh, march around the Justice Department, uh, uh, demonstrating or uh, advocating on behalf of those six uh, uh, black boys down in uh, Louisiana. Uh, and uh, I went over uh, one morning to listen to uh, uh, the speakers. Uh, one of the speakers on the agenda uh, that morning was the Reverend Freddie Hay- Haynes. And uh, he's talking about justice, the injustices that uh, were occurring in the country and have been occurring in the country since, uh, since the country uh, was founded in 1776, y'all. Uh, uh, but uh, the separate equal and the Jim Crow uh, laws that uh, existed for 100 years after the Civil War uh, did tremendous, tremendous uh, economic, social, uh, uh, and uh, uh, both economic, social, and every kind of other harm to America's African citizens you can think of for 100 years after the Civil War. Uh, and uh, this guy, uh, Reverend Freddie Haynes, made uh, one of the most powerful arguments for justice that I had heard up until that point, uh, talking about uh, uh, the Prophet Amos. Talking about the Prophet Amos and his message of justice and uh, we, we we started out. We recorded that. We recorded that uh, whole segment that morning. We we want to share. We're going to share 
uh, that entire last week, I think we started out, but we only got uh, uh, a little ways into uh, Reverend Freddie Haynes' uh, uh, speech on uh, justice. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna replay that thing uh, this evening. It's about uh, I don't know thirty minutes, or so we might wait till the second hour to drop that on you. But we do want you to hear it, uh, hear it in its entirety. It's about thirty thirty minutes or so, so we might wait till the second uh, hour to uh, play that. But it's a powerful, powerful uh, message about uh, justice and injustice. Uh, so we're going to let you hear that. I think you all uh, you you can appreciate uh, uh, you can appreciate uh, where uh, the Reverend Freddie Haynes is coming from, and uh, it's just a powerful message, y'all. So y'all stay stay tuned for that. My Facebook friends, what's up? <clears throat> hey, we got a call in number here one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four, y'all. We don't take many calls out here. We will from time to time. Uh, uh, right now, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here, y'all. We done ran. We've been running here. <laughs> running out of mouth. We done got carried away, y'all. I tell you, don't start me to talking. I'm telling everything I know out here. <laughs> hey. Y'all are man. Peanut girl, what's up? Hey, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick pause right now. We'll be right back after the break, y'all. Y'all hang in there. You got me to hush my. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in Cyberspace. King of the Techies, a guy lucky enough to really love what he does. But downstairs, an even more amazing phenomenon is taking place. I am happily shooting the breeze with my new best friend, Richard, the PR guy. I have 
United Nations Support Mission in Libya is proposing a cessation of military operations in the areas of Shikla and Kala in western Libya for at least four days to facilitate the delivery of humanitarian assistance. For months, tribal parliaments in Tripoli and Tobruk have tried to claim legitimacy, and the UN's efforts to bring the two sides to negotiate don't seem to be working. The fact intensified almost immediately after the UN chiefs visited to Tripoli. Egypt and UAE have been accused of providing military support to the elected politicians confined in Tobruk, who also have international support but no control on the ground, while Sudan and Qatar are said to be backing the Tripoli leadership. The group based Prime Minister Abdullah Al Thani is calling for more weapons and logistics. And that's precisely what the people who are helping now the government are opposing. The dawn of Libya, its appointed general Congress and Prime Minister have condemned any international intervention. Anti aircraft guns in Benghazi have fired volleys after military jets of the general Abbas control bombed the city. It's being seen as his last stand to make it back to Sly Benghazi what he calls terrorists. Fighters <coughs> like those from Farah Sharia, a group labeled as terrorists by the US, have also dug their heels. And with each burst of bullets, like these, Kekla, hopes of peace, fade further in the distance. Some of the job comes as error. There's more concern tonight that Yemen is descending into civil war. In the process of it, 20 people were killed when Sunni tribesmen set up checkpoints to keep Shia Houthis out, despite the signing of a ceasefire deal. And as Omar al Salah reports, new battlegrounds are forming. Even after the Friday prayers were over the guards southwest of Yemen's capital, Sana'a, it was a clear message to the Shia Houthis. Houthis are not focused. The pledge to protect their province and its is the most populous province with more than 2.2 million people. Most of them to the fighting the Shia forces starts. It could bring a sectarian aspect to the crisis. Another warning came from the top military commander in charge of Daesh and other southern provinces. They were exercised by force by the power of an artist country in constitution and patriotic responsibility and technical duty is to secure ties. The tanks and artillery you see were built by the sweat of citizens' eyebrows and the salaries paid to all of us from their hard work. So it is our duty to provide for security to citizens under these circumstances where the strong devours the world. The province of
find a house with your own. It's been 12 years since the U.S. began using Guantanamo Bay in Cuba as a prison for alleged terrorists, and it's been a lightning rod for controversy from day one. The latest twist, federal judge ordering the release of tapes reportedly showing a prisoner being force-fed on street reports. In order to affect the appropriate disposition of individuals currently detained by the Department of Defense and Guantanamo, and promptly deposed the new president issued an edict immediately after taking office, meant to begin the process of closing down the Guantanamo Bay detention camp. More than five years later, it remains open. Although Obama signed an order in January of 2009 to suspend military tribunal proceedings at Guantanamo, he was blocked by Congress. American justice is what people believe separates the United States. Hey, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the National Council. Uh, about a quarter to nine. About a quarter to nine in the eighteen year old. Uh, hey, we uh. Transfer of Guantanamo Bay prisoners. The military prison, which was operational in January of two thousand two, was established to hold and interrogate the administration of extraordinarily dangerous prisoners. It also terms enemy combatants. I don't know. It's about the. Uh, I would doubt it. Since 2002, the detention center. 66 degrees here in ATL at the present. Uh, we did get up to. In the 70s today. Look like we got 70s uh, degrees for the next. Uh, next week or so. So we, we're going to be unseasonably uh, warm here. In Atlanta. I mean, I don't. That, you know, that's kind of crazy, I mean, at this time of year, but uh, we'll take it. Uh, it's just uh, changing in climate or changing in weather, weather pattern is, uh, they're watching what I'm kind of, they're watching, but uh, we'll, we'll take it on the, on the fingers uh, Some just 
crazy weather. What's hurricane season here too, y'all? You know, what, October till uh, I guess about the first of November there. Uh, speaking of <laughs> hurricane season, cruise, another lady with uh, he worked on or came in contact with some of aspects of uh some ex aspect of uh care for uh Eric Duncan's out there in the Dallas hospital uh is on a cruise ship. <laughs> One of the little islands, Belize I believe it was, refused to let the ship in port uh uh so the passengers could get off and fly back to the country. They refused to let that happen. Belize, y'all. I won't be going there again. I don't like the holiday, but I won't be going back to Belize anytime soon. Uh, they refused the request by the United States uh, to uh, allow that ship to come in there to uh, lay the ashore no symptoms. She almost 21 days out. I mean, her chances of uh, contacting at this late date, I believe uh, the experts uh, say are, are pretty low. But yet, and still, she quarantined herself on this uh, ship, and uh, she she quarantined herself on the ship, and uh, uh, was out in the middle of the cruise there. To, had a scheduled stop at uh, in Belize, and uh, that country, Hawaii, whatever. Uh, uh, they refused to let that ship come in there to get that passenger all to fly back to uh, Texas. Uh, I I have a problem with that, yeah. So I won't be going to Belize anytime soon. That's just me. That's just me. I'm not advocating uh, anybody else follow me on that. I mean, I think this thing is really uh, uh, getting out of control. The uh, the fear aspect. It's way uh, beyond the. Uh, uh, it's way way beyond uh, the actual facts uh, uh, of of the thing right now, and I think that's more dangerous uh, the fear uh, aspect of it than the, the Ebola itself. Yeah, fear. Fear is a powerful, a powerful uh, uh, weapon. Yeah, fear. That's a powerful weapon. I mean, I was in Vietnam. Don't nothing. Don't nothing. Bring fear into my uh, uh, conscious uh, 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 anymore. Not like that war did. I mean, since uh, (laughs) that was was in Vietnam back in the sixties, y'all sixty-five and sixty-six been a year in the hospital from that conflict and uh after that ordeal don't nothing uh, frighten me don't nothing frighten me in terms of uh i mean yeah if i see a big old truck coming to get ready to run over me i'm gonna be uh frightened at that moment but but you know just uh overall i don't uh i have enough faith in uh, god almighty to uh overcome most of my uh human fears now just on a day-to-day basis. I mean, uh, after walking away from that place over there, uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, ain't too much I fear uh, on a day-to-day basis. Now, like I said, uh, yeah, if somebody's 
Uh, it's got an axe, uh, got my head on the chopping block, got no doubt I'm gonna have some uh I'm gonna have some uh well some uh apprehensions at that at that moment in time, but uh I ain't uh, you know <laughs> I think uh, I uh I'm gonna put my faith in the man upstairs, uh uh, I, I am just going to put my faith in the man upstairs and have done that since I called on him uh, uh, when I was wounded over there in Vietnam. I ain't nothing uh, uh, really uh, uh, frightened me uh, since then. And that's just a fact. I, I mean, just uh, you hear about that uh, uh People talking about uh, just a little faith. Uh, <laughs> if you have just a little faith, uh, you could do all this or that. Well, I have a little faith, enough faith to relieve my fears of uh, uh, most uh, most day to day occurrences. I mean, yeah, I'm apprehended about. I'm, I'm uh, concerned. Uh, about this uh, Ebola thing, but out and out fear? Uh, no way. No way uh, do I uh, would allow myself to be consumed with uh, 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 fear. But uh, hey, uh, we uh, time is time is getting away. It's about six minutes to nine, yeah, in the ATL. I just got trying to check my Facebook page out here. Got so many crazy things going on. Well, uh, give a shout out to one of my old friends, Mr. Arthur Wheeler, up in up there in Michigan. Yeah, what's going on, homeboy? <laughs> hey, we just uh, doing what we do, you know. <laughs> Trying to uh, provide a platform for uh, the 90% of our community to have a voice, provide a platform for them to have a uh, voice. What we do out here, we decipher, decipher uh, things. <laughs> and so much uh, stuff that's going on, y'all. Uh, <laughs> we. Uh, we have to have someone to make sense of it. That's what we're trying to do. We've got to make sense of uh, things that just uh, make no sense. And the shenanigans that's going on with this government, with these, uh, with the politics of the day, is like something that uh, I've never seen before. In my history, I'll be 70 years old on my birthday. Uh, you know, I've probably been around a long time myself. Nothing like my friend's 88 years, but... Uh, uh, the right old age of 70 is, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I was born in 1945. I mean, yeah, in 45, who would have thought, who would have thunk it <laughs> that I'd see a black president? That formula for uh, calculating the odds of me seeing a black president in 1945 uh, wasn't around either. <laughs> uh, not in my wildest dreams uh, did I ever suspect that. Not in 1945, but uh, here I am today. Uh, here I am today. Uh, 
But uh, no, the politics uh, never seen anything like it. But then, uh, never seen President Rafferty to slip either. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Hey, uh, we got the uh, World Series teams all in place. All the San Francisco Giants and the Kansas City Royals will be doing battle for the uh, National Pastimes Championship, the World Series. Uh, I'm a baseball fan. We we don't a lot of a lot of folks don't get into baseball anymore like they used to back in the day when I was coming up. I mean. I don't. I mean, I don't even follow it like I used to. But I, I well, I do and I don't because I, I am a sports uh, junkie. So I'm a sports junkie. So I do follow all of uh, the three major sports and and some of the not so major sports. <laughs> but uh, Kansas City Royals and uh, San Francisco Giants uh, is going to do battle. I'm going to have to go with the Giants since I'm a National League uh, person. The Braves, I root for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, I'm a home, I'm a hometown boy. I'm a hometown uh, person. I root for all of the uh, Atlanta teams from the Braves to the Falcons to the Hawks in basketball, and none of them, <laughs> and none of them are. Doing that great uh, the last few years, but uh, and then I don't know the Braves made the playoffs last year. Uh, the Falcons missed it for the first time in five years, but boy, we've had a rash of injuries on that offensive line this year. Uh, we two and four. <laughs> the Falcons are two and four, and if they don't get a line or come up with some other kind of scheme. We may not win another game. Yeah, I, I hope that's not the case because I bet on <laughs> a uh, we gentlemen's uh, wager. I know serious stuff. We just we ain't dialing up Vegas stuff, putting bets down on nothing. But uh, if we go eight and eight, I'm gonna be fortunate. I'm gonna be fortunate if I can break even. <laughs> I'm gonna be fortunate on that thing now. And the way. Uh, and the way it looks, I don't know if we're going to do that. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to do that. I don't know if we're going to do that, y'all. Eight and eight. What else going on in the sports world, y'all? I don't know. Where's Tiger Woods at? Is Tiger going to play anymore this year? I don't know. they got some kind of golf tournament going on somewhere. I, I, I lose interest in uh, 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 golf to a, uh, to a certain extent when Tiger's not out there. has some great players out there. I mean, I do like watching Rory uh, McElroy and some of the other young players coming along. Uh, 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 Imitating uh, Tiger's old swing when he was young. Some of those guys look just like Tiger when he was a young boy with the swings and all that stuff. 
There's no better person to, to imitate. Hey, there's no better uh, person out there to imitate. I can tell you that right now than Tiger Woods. Man, I won some 90 events on the pro on the PGA Tour. There's no better person to, <laughs> in 14 majors. There, there's no better golfer, y'all. And uh, sure enough, uh, the young boys coming along today, they uh, look every bit like a uh, 22-year-old Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger's going to be back now. Don't, don't sell Tiger out. I ain't selling Tiger out one moment. Uh, I think he's going to be right back in the mix of things, right back in the thick of things. He's starting in 2015 when he get, get his uh, body straightened out. I, oh, yeah, he got all the talent, still got all the talent in the world. Y'all. He's still going to be a hard person to beat when he show up. And he's going to be in the mix when he got his game and health together. I think he's still got to be, uh, got a few more majors in it. Five at least. I still think he got five majors in him. I still think he got five majors before we hang this thing up. Hey, we'll see. Tennis, I think tennis is just about done because, you know, I just follow Serena <laughs> and Brina. Hey, 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 President, so ain't nothing right about me. <laughs> I used to think I hated white folks and I found out that uh, I did. I can't hate anybody. I thought I did when I was young. Didn't know no better. But uh, I follow them uh, uh, simply uh, because they're from my community and are uh, two of the top players that ever played the game. Two of the top tennis players ever uh, pick up a racket, and uh, but uh, I, I don't know. I think they they ended the year tournament in tennis. Has that thing uh, has it passed by? Anybody know? They they still got that. They ended the year on the WTA. Okay, well maybe maybe we'll get to see Serena again before the year is over. We we've uh, kind of. We've kind of lost track. So, so, so much is going on in the world. We had time to, to concentrate on sports. <laughs> there's there's so, so much other stuff going on. So much, uh, uh, so many serious uh, issues confronting the, the nation uh, that we uh, kind of uh, took our eye off of. Uh, What's going on in the, the country in terms of sports? We uh, we just uh, kind of casually uh, tracking it. Uh, hey, hey, no doubt, my my casual observance is better than most. My casual, uh, my casual take on it is, is better than most folks who watch that thing 100%, Joe. See, when the Cavaliers uh, 
getting back to sports, Cavaliers with the King James is having a pretty successful preseason. They're like four and one. They did lose to Dallas last night, but uh, the previous four games, they four and zero. Going at the last night's game, they did lose the first game in the preseason. But when that regular season start, the Cavaliers gonna be ready to take the thing. So Cavaliers got a heck of a young team. They got a heck of a young team. Yeah, <clears throat> they gonna be uh, running the thick of things. So uh, we got. Uh, Looking forward to the season. Now, the Atlanta Hawks will be pretty good this year. They're going to be competitive. We get Al Harford back, our best player, who missed the entire season last year. We get him back this year, so we, we're going to be we're going to be competitive, I believe. Because there's some shenanigans going on with the owner and the general manager talking about race or some stuff, racism or something crip up in race and racism. <laughs> They're still alive and well, yeah. Although Danny Ferry, I'm gonna give him a break. I don't I don't I don't detect that that guy's a racist. I knew his father, I followed his father, followed his career. I don't uh, any racist vibes coming from me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a break on but the owner, I don't know, I think the owner uh, said that he made some racist come and he wanna sell it uh, his Portion of the team. I think that guy's just trying to make a buck, you know. That's my own take. I think he's just trying to make a buck. I see where uh, Donald Sterling got some $2 billion for the Clippers. He think he can uh, duplicate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's trying to run a, a scam on us or what, y'all. Yeah. But all of a sudden, he done made some racist come in. Now you want to sell the team voluntarily. Ain't nobody asking him to sell the team. I don't care what they do with that team. But ain't nobody asking him to sell nothing. He all of a sudden, he volunteered, I'm going to uh, sell this team because I made this remark and I apologize. I'm sorry, y'all, if I offended anybody. You can defend me. <laughs> you can defend me at all. You can do what you want to do with that team. But anyway, uh, uh, I don't know, y'all. Where we at, y'all? Hey, it's about uh, seven minutes after nine, y'all, in the ATL. Welcome to the High School Black Forum here. We're in the second hour. We late out here, y'all. Uh, probably not used to uh, hearing the High School uh, out here at, uh, after nine o'clock on series, but we are going to 10 o'clock this evening. Our show from 8 to 10. We are normally. Come to you from 7 to 9 on Saturday. Next Saturday, we'll be back at 7. Somehow, somehow, the Hushmo uh, Black Forum uh, got dropped by Blog Talk Radio this evening here. I don't know what happened. I was almost sure that uh, we had scheduled uh, uh, the show right and had it all. We was almost sure we had that thing all. Uh, uh, cleaned up to come on at 7. We looked at it, and they didn't have a record of it. So I don't know if that's the Hushmo's fault or some other kind of technical glitch. Uh, hey, <laughs> when you start uh, running your mouth out of your own blog talk, y'all, 
you attract all kinds of uh, uh, listeners. Uh, all of them are not your friends. <laughs> hey, every listener that the Hushmo Blackboard attract is not a friend of <laughs> the Hushmo Blackboard. <laughs> I know that for a fact, yeah. But uh, be that as it may, I don't know what happened. We rescheduled the show from 8 to 10 in the night next Saturday. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back at uh, 7 o'clock. I want to apologize to everybody who was looking for us at uh, 7 o'clock from 7 to 9. Uh, that's our preferred. That is our uh, preferred uh, time. That didn't happen. We'll be back uh, next week, uh, October 25th, from 7 and 9, right here on Blog Talk. Uh, hey, Blog Talk Radio is where we uh, reside. It's a great, great medium for getting your message out. I urge everybody who's got something to say to check Blog Talk out. It, uh, it's a great medium for uh, joining the conversation. Um, we uh, we're going to be dropping uh, a segment in here tonight. Uh, we started out last week uh, talking ab- uh, about uh, a uh, a. Uh, Powerful message on justice and injustice that uh, the Reverend Freddie Haynes out of Dallas, Texas, uh, brought, uh, gave uh, at uh, a National Action Network uh, uh, convention here in Atlanta some years ago. I think it was 2007. It was before Barack Obama had uh, took office, but he was. Uh, running for office uh, had just announced his candidacy, candidacy for president and uh, <clears throat> we just uh, one of the most powerful messages on justice that I've heard and I, I'm going to share it with you all tonight uh, y'all listen up and see what you think of it uh, and uh let the Hushmo know. Go to my website, hushmoblack.com, H-U-S-H-M-O-B-L-A-C-K.com. Uh, and while you're there, check my new book out, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Uh, it's, it's a collection of uh, documents, essays, uh, and analysis uh, dealing with uh, racism uh, and hate in the country and uh, the history of it. And uh, it's not a novel or anything like this, just a um, collection of uh, documents, essays, and analysis, like I said, uh, dealing with uh, racism here in the country and how the effect that it had on my family and my people here in the country and the country itself. Uh, the, the negative, uh, uh, negative uh, uh uh, effects of it uh, on the country. 
Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. We've got some really, really great, great uh, uh, historical uh, documents and essays there that uh, I think you'll uh, uh, you'll enjoy uh, uh, taking a look at. Some of them are kind of hard to find by the likes of W.A.B. Du Bois, uh, Dr. Gunnar Murdahl, uh, 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 Bishop uh, Henry McNeil Turner, uh, just some rare, rare insights into where the country was uh, at certain periods of time in our history uh, after uh, the Civil War, primarily. Uh, and a uh, and funny thing, uh, uh, Dr. Gunnar Murdahl did this incredible uh, study. He's a sociologist. He did this incredible study in uh, the 40s. Well, it started in 1938. The thing ran. took him six years to finish that thing. He finally published it in 1944, a study uh, dealing with uh, The American Dilemma, uh, was the title of it, The American Dilemma. The Negro Problem in Modern Democracy. He titled uh, uh, the study. That was the title of the study. Some 1,500 page uh, uh, document. Yeah? You can find uh, it in its entirety at the Schomburg, uh, Schomburg Museum up in New York. Yeah? Uh, just a great, great document for uh, uh uh, for an in-depth look at uh, uh, race relations in this country back in the 40s. You know? uh, according to Dr. Murdoch, some, uh, speaking of racism, uh, according to Dr. Murdoch in this humongous study that he undertook, uh, some 85% of whites uh, uh, in the country in the 40s had a racial bias against white people at that time. Uh, some 85% of whites in the country, South and North, had a racial bias of blacks uh, in the country at that time. It was 1944 when the Red Miller World War II, yeah, Red Miller that war, uh, resulting in uh, all kinds of uh, damage and injuries to uh, the society and to uh, America's African descent in particular. Oh, had a devastating effect on uh, me and my people. Racism, yeah, yeah. That's just a fact. It's just a fact, yeah. I advocate, I'm one of the uh, advocates for reparation for those injuries suffered. Uh, uh, I believe that. Uh, We're owed financial reparations for those entries, and that would uh, go a long ways toward uh, correcting some of the economic inequality, some of the economic inequality that uh, we have in the country today. Uh, that economic inequality is, uh, exists uh, to a large extent because of uh, the separate equal. Uh, Jim Crow laws that existed in the country some hundred years after the Civil War, you know, up to 1940 and 1954, 
Uh, up until 1854, we lived under separate equal in Georgia, here in the country. Uh, Brown overturned it. Brown set aside Plessy. Uh, Plessy codified all of, of the Jim Crow laws that existed uh, in the South in 1896. Homer Plessy. Uh, y'all remember the story? Homer Plessy. Tired. Trying to get a nap, y'all, while he was on a public train, yeah. He was trying to get a, a, a take a nap. They drug him off that train. Somehow he was sending this all white train car with other white passengers. They, they drug him off that train. That's separate equal. They drug him off that train, y'all. Locked him up in a and locked him up in jail because he was riding on a train which he had paid fare. Uh, to ride on public train, they locked him up because of that separate equal thing. Uh, I think that thing started in 1892. It took some four years to get to the Supreme Court. By the time it got to the Supreme Court in 19, uh, 1896, the Supreme Court ruled against homeless. It said that the state of Louisiana had every right to separate him out of society. What that thing did was not only sep- uh, drag him off that car and separated him uh <laughs> off that car, uh, out of uh, uh, the white uh, uh, community there on that train that separated every back in the country out of uh, white society. In effect, that had that effect in the workplace, the school place, the public place. It devastated uh, uh, Americans after the set economically for the next 100 years. Uh, so that's what the, the voting rights and you know, affirmative action, that's what all that crazy stuff was about uh, 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 in the 60s, y'all. That's what it was about, uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, institute the, the uh, uh, trying to institute the, our uh, 14th Amendment rights uh, uh, back uh, uh, that had been taken away uh, by that uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, yeah. That's what that Brown did. That Brown didn't just integrate schools in 1954. That thing was about restoring 14th Amendment rights to millions, some 22 million uh, American graduates in that time. That's what that uh, thing was about. We didn't petition the court uh, at that time for those financial reparations, for those injuries that uh, uh, we had uh, been subjected to. Because of threats of racial terrorism that uh, Thurgood Marshall uh, and the rest of his legal team uh, uh, was subjected to. Hey, uh, it's about uh, ooh, it's about 19 after uh, nine o'clock, and I told you we got the special, the special uh, uh, piece that I want you to hear by the Reverend Freddie Haynes here, y'all, talking about justice. Uh, we're gonna let you hear that and see what you think of. See what you think of it. Let me know. Uh, Yo, hang in there until next week. Uh, uh, I want you to hear this, and we'll be right back. This thing gonna take us to the end of the night. But y'all, let me know what you think of it.
boosted up the economy and something that we should be focused on. Almost immediately, the stock market goes into a roller coaster. And Bola has turned much harder to get our hands around uh, the president's thoughts. Uh, and also, we have buy sold in the Middle East because the price is going on there. But in the end, this is really his fault. But you can't blame him for all of this. I mean, there's enough blame to share, but we've got to stop focusing on just trying to place blame. Let's start talking about solutions and how are we going to solve some of these problems.
save money, save my rent, have health care, all those things are still preying on people's minds in the health care part of it. And, and this is something that when you add on what's happening is instability in the world and the lack of confidence people have in the administration's ability to deal with these issues or Congress's ability, again, not just the president, not just Democrats, but everybody. Thank you. 
what I was commanded to say. And Sergeant Garrett Taylor says, I wonder what I hear. Oh, there were incredible weapons in Iraq. There were spices. And he said, I said, they found the people in 2011. So who is the mind to get to some thoughts to substantiate those exaggerated claims of the Bush administration about active Iraqi chemical weapons capability? Saturday afternoon, around a thousand protesters 
remain spread out on the A-Lane Highway. The mainly student protesters won't leave until China's Communist Party rulers grant full democracy to Hong Kong. And after three weeks of protests, police are getting increasingly frustrated with their occupation. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll have more of this evening story stay right after this. Stay with us. You're watching One American News. It will be found an unjust and unwise jealousy in a private of his natural liberty upon the supposition he may abuse When the people will fear the government, there is security. When the government fears the people, there is liberty. One America, your source from Christian it is increasingly clear that no matter what party is in power, an economy hampered by restricted tax rates will never produce enough revenue to Okay. 
on the measures being taken in France has lost the latest on Ebola in Spain. Passengers arriving in Paris on flights from Guinea are now being checked for high temperatures before being allowed into the airport terminal. So far, there have been no reported cases of Ebola in France. The authorities are determined to prevent the virus from arriving in the country. Those arriving have been felt reassured by the measures. Our temperature was taken on arrival, said one passenger. It went very well. If that can reduce the worry and stigmatization around Ebola, well, that's fine. You can see there are people arriving here who feel very well. It's encouraging as it shows that when you come from a country affected by the Ebola virus and you enter Europe, that all the necessary measures are certainly taken. In Spain, authorities have confirmed that four patients with Ebola like symptoms have tested negative. Family and friends of the 18 people in isolation arrived at the hospital with Madrid to waive their support. Along with employees at the hospital, where Nurse Teresa Romero was diagnosed with Ebola, her condition is now improving. AM Memorial Services held for total journalist James Foley, who was beheaded by ISIS militants in August. Family and friends spoke at the service, which was held in his hometown of Rochester, New Hampshire. They reflected on life as a journalist, and his passion is tell the stories of people living in war-torn areas of the Middle East. I'll never make complete sense of why Jim died, but I don't think that is for me to understand. But, but he did not die in vain. He reminded us simply that we could just triumph over evil. Things that have forgotten the evil we follow all of his stories. Foley was executed in Syria two years after being kidnapped while covering the civil war in the region. Saturday would have been his 41st birthday. Twelve of well, Soviet Kobani today as the U.S.-led coalition continues airstrikes in Syria, targeting the Islamic State. The U.S. also launched strikes on a gas facility reportedly being held by ISIS. A Syrian activist group reports eight people were killed in the Friday airstrikes in eastern Syria. There are reports despite these strikes, the Islamic State has still been making significant advances. U.S. and Kurdish officials say the airstrikes had impacted the U.S. offensive, but further intervention is needed. An Austrian team has been missing for months emerges in a video urging fellow Muslims to join the Islamic State. The 16-year-old appears in a clip believed to be filmed in a slaughterhouse in Syria, in it he declares his main goal now is to kill infidels. Originally from Vienna, the teen was reported missing by Interpol in August and allegedly began sending threatening text messages to his former classmates in September. And a series of car bomb attacks killed nearly 30 people and wounded at least 53 others in Iraq. An explosion near a cafe in a Shiite neighborhood in eastern Baghdad claimed 14 lives, while two separate attacks killed 15 more in a Sunni area near the country's capital. So far, no one has claimed responsibility for the attacks, though authorities suspect Islamic State militants could have arranged the explosion. Defense Secretary Chuck Cable calls into question the medical care and treatment of about 20 Iraq War veterans who were exposed to chemical weapons. Cable asked his military chief to look into the troops' medical care and whether they were denied a military award. The Defense Secretary wants to determine if there were any shortcomings in their treatment. This after reports surfaced this week that troops were exposed to serum or mustard gas in Iraq. Cable is reportedly not the case. 
been credited for expanding Medicaid and giving coverage to lower-income Americans. But still, those cancellation letters are about to make Obamacare a controversial topic that will be watched closely by both Republicans and Democrats. Bailey, One American News. The Detroit Institute of Arts claims it did not anticipate the city falling into financial ruin when it granted large raises to executives. The museum has been a focal point of Detroit's bankruptcy case, and the city's bankruptcy proposal, city-owned art, will not be sold to pay creditors, but retirees will see pension cuts. New documents show director Graham Beale's total compensation was $534,000 last year, which is a 17% increase since 2011. Meanwhile, the Institute's COO reportedly received a 36% raise in 2012. The museum says that figure was a result of work performed the year prior. And two years away from the 2016 presidential election, potential candidate and Kentucky Senator Rand Paul may be fleshing out his campaign. In an interview with Politico.com, the 2016 Republican candidate could get as much as 33% of African Americans' votes. He says that the key to swaying African American voters is competing for their vote, which he feels Democrat leaders are not doing. If prediction becomes a reality, it would signal a massive shift. According to the University of Connecticut, in the last 30 years, the largest portion of African American votes a GOP presidential candidate has received is only 12%. Scientists say that replacing calorie information with exercise data like the one seen here will do more to deliver the message associated with food and drinks. Researchers think the calorie count is being ignored and say that if calories are presented in an understandable way, it can encourage behavior change. One study found that teenagers given the exercise data label chose healthier drinks or smaller bottles. Scientists are calling for the same approach to be taken in fast food restaurants as well. And with news of HBO and CBS soon releasing their own standalone streaming services, the transition into online programming may be happening sooner rather than later. One American Philip Chu takes an in-depth look at how this could change the way you watch your favorite program. From the silver screen to the small screen to the even smaller screen, broadcast companies are taking their prized programming to a computer near you. With HBO set to debut its standalone streaming service in 2015, and CBS already releasing its all-access on-demand service. CBS television station's president, Peter Dunn, remarks the service was necessary with video consumption habits changing all the time, while home box office chairman Richard Plepler said, it's time to remove all barriers to those who want HBO. The CEO noted that there are 10 million broadband-only homes in America, while market research firm GFK says 19% of American households live without cable, both numbers that are expected to rise thanks to the on-demand streaming services of Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Instant Video. So how will this affect traditional television programming? Well, according to Comscore, one in six millennials say they haven't watched an original series on a television set over the past month. This is already hitting cable and satellite companies, who've reported a 0.5% drop in subscriptions since 2012. But a large reason why millions of Americans continue to purchase TV bundles is sports. CBS has made it clear that games will not be available online, as doing so would disrupt a multi-billion dollar structure. But sports leagues are even offering their own online streaming options, meaning changes could come in the future as the transition towards the internet 
growing in popularity, and a number of networks are preparing their own online services, with big names such as DirecTV and Viacom soon to join the mix. Philip Chu, One American News.
Even though many now have diesel engines, the majority still conserve the original engines, and we all share a special passion for this. Most of the cars are reportedly small fortune in the U.S. and in Europe. They have been declared part of the national heritage and have been prohibited from leaving the island. An apartment tower in New York City is now officially the tallest residential building in the Western Hemisphere. Construction of the almost 1,400-foot-tall 432 Park Avenue building finished this week after beginning in 2011. The price for one of these pads is almost as steep as the building itself. Apartments start at $7 million, while a penthouse costs $95 million. Hundreds of adrenaline junkies headed to West Virginia today seeking the ultimate thrill by throwing themselves off a tall bridge with just a parachute. The 35th Annual Bridge Day is the only time of the year where the parachutists, called base jumpers, can legally jump off the 876-foot New River Gorge Bridge. The event is a celebration of base jumping, which is a popular extreme sport where participants jump off fixed points from dizzying heights. Billed as the largest extreme sports event in the world, the festival attracted about 450 jumpers last year. Daredevil Nick LaLonda is preparing for his next challenge, walking across a rope between two Chicago skyscrapers hundreds of feet in the air. But he won't have to worry about looking down because, well, he'll be blindfolded. Nathan Brandino has more. In his hometown of Sarasota, Florida, Daredevil Nick Walenda is immersed in training. Step by step, he's preparing for his challenge, a high water walk between Chicago skyscrapers at night. Of course, there's weather conditions. It is November 2nd.
Hey, until then, we're gonna we're gonna uh, wish you all uh, a good uh, rest of a good uh, weekend. This whatever y'all whatever y'all got uh, planned for this uh, weekend, y'all uh, y'all be careful out there. Until next next week, ciao, y'all. We'll see you then. Black advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Phone, www.blogtalkradio.com.